Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, John Shookman, and I am so thankful to have you with me for today's episode. A huge thank you to Jennifer Harshman and Harshman Services for sponsoring today's podcast episode. Jennifer and the team at Harshman Services do an amazing job of helping businesses grow and become more successful and organized by using blog posts, search engine optimization, and email marketing to reach your clients. I'm so thankful for how Jennifer and her team have helped me become more successful in my business. And if you're a realtor out there, I know that you can often get stressed and want to work smarter, not harder. You need something that you can set and forget about. So check out what Jennifer has built at RealtorEmails.com. She has an amazing offer and affordable tools to help you become more successful in your business. I'm so thankful for the team at Harshman Services for being a part of helping my business and for sponsoring the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode. On today's episode, I am so excited to have my friend Mike Forrester with us. Mike is one of my favorite people in the world. We got connected through the Total Life Freedom community that Vincent Puglisi leads. And then we spent some time together in person at the end of May at PodFest. And Mike might have been sick of me because I was like, this guy's so cool. I want to like be around him all the time. But it was really cool to connect there in person, hear his journey and how he's really grown and what he's doing to help people today. So Mike is a men's transformation coach. He's the founder of the Living Fearless Coaching Programs, and he hosts the amazing Living Fearless Today podcast. He has decades of experience with overcoming failures, setback, and struggles. He fuels his clients to overcome their own self-doubt. Um, with his personal journey through overcoming childhood trauma, dyslexia, and loss of loved ones, Mike is determined to set the example to not allow excuses to derail you. His podcast focuses on helping men overcome fear, anxiety, and depression by highlighting success stories of those who have lived through it. Mike, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for everything you're doing. And, and just thanks so much for just spending some time with us for the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me here. And dude, it's always great to hang out with you, my friend. It is. So there's so many different ways we can go. I, I normally just let it be a conversation. So so tell us kind of like why you decided to build the men's transformational coaching and do the podcast. Like what put that on your heart? And I, you know, I shared a brief bio, but tell us more about that. And people won't see you since it's audio only, but I would love to kind of hear how all of this, you know, one of the questions I asked you in person was what's with the red watch, red shoes, red wedding band. So as you kind of tell us how you started all that, tell us more about, you know, all of that and why. Well, let's start at the beginning, how this all came to be on my heart. And it was by me trying to hide. So I was a chameleon. And so if I'm in a group with John, then John's the strongest you know, personality. He's the alpha, so to speak, within the group. Dude, I'm trying to be the chameleon to gain your approval because your approval then feeds my acceptance, right? It, it gives me my worth. If I'm in a group with Steve, then I'm feeding off of Steve if he's the, the primary person there. And that all came about because as a child, you know, my parents were doing the best that they could with who they were. They were both hurt and hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And so this was no different as a result of their pain. There was 
mental, emotional, and physical abuse as a child. And innocently, they would say, you're a mistake. Trying mm. to elude to the fact that I wasn't a plan. You know, well, they didn't plan for me. I'm sure I was a plan somewhere along the way, but just not their plan. <laughs> so, you know, they were like, yeah. But then when things got cruel, they would say like, hey, you're not going to mount anything. Stuff along those lines. And this isn't to make demons or, you know, monsters out of them. Again, they were doing the best that they could. And um, they went through their own stuff. And so as I continued to grow older, I won't say that I grew up because, you know, my wife still refers to me as a child. I'm the oldest, <laughs> oldest that she has. But uh, from that point, you know, I nearly ruined my marriage and the relationship with my four children. You know, they're all now adults, all four of my children. And to be at a point where I have an amazing relationship with all four of them, that I'm able to be a grandfather to my two grandsons and, mm -hmm. you know, have an amazing, vibrant marriage. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, if you had asked me, John, Mike, where do you see yourself at 60? John, I was in an apartment. It was dark. TV's playing. I'm alone. I'm isolated. And I'm a victim. I hate life. You know, it's just that lonely picture of a man who has no purpose, no life, no reason for living. And that was how I saw myself. And to get rid of both a victim mindset, you know, I was like Eeyore, but I also had this side of me that was like the Hulk where I was just angry. Those are not really two cohesive characters and it doesn't play well with other people, particularly a marriage or as a parent. And so from that change, that transformation in my life, as I started to, to heal, and those relationships started to heal. That was something that I'm like, look, I was the worst of the worst. If I could experience what I am now, then I know other men can. And the other thing is, then I knew that this would change it so there aren't other children going through the same thing that I went through. Because if if we as men are whole, we're healed, we're raising children in a positive, healthy environment, then those children are not going to pass on that same legacy of trauma that I grew up with. They're going to pass along what they've learned. So that was how that all came about of this being my passion, this being my my purpose and my focus. As far as the red, again, I talked about, you know, wanting to hide, right? Mm -hmm. Not be seen. Well, it came about because I used to just wear white, black, and blue and gray. Those were my four <laughs> colors. And yeah, you know, uh, you know, I'm muted, man. And so having three daughters they all were like you know get into colors my wife you know get into colors and it became one of these things where i started getting into more colors and it was uncomfortable at first but then it was like oh wow i really like these colors and then they were trying to get me to have like a pop of color and it was like red just resonated for me and red does not hide and now that i'm in a place of being healthy and i like myself you know i love myself yeah yep. i can now be seen and i'm comfortable in my skin it's not like hey john don't see me i'm being a chameleon i'm blending in it's no i'm i'm who i am and if we vibe then we vibe and if i'm not then that's okay i'm not for everybody and everybody is a unique individual so for me 
Red is my power color. This is almost like a confidence color for me. It reminds me not to just play small because that's not the place that I belong. It's not a place any of us belong. So it's a reminder, but it's also that just step out of my comfort zone, if that makes sense. I love it, man. There's so much here. I think one of the coolest things to me, first of all, thank you. Thanks for kind of explaining some of that. I think the coolest thing here is, right, the passion for helping people change, the passion for being willing to, you know, like you're saying, you know, wear the red, let it pop. And and what I love is even right for us, and I know at PodFest for others, it's a conversation piece for you to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm passionate about it. And it goes back to like what you experienced. So I love what you're doing. I think it's so cool. Tell me, so many of us go through this, right? We shared some of my journey. We talked about I was, you know, on a, on an episode for your show. But like, what made you say, I want to help people when years ago, you know, even dealing with the trauma, you would have said, okay, I've dealt with it but I'm still like going to be a chameleon. I'm still like, I'm not going to, I don't want to necessarily like help other people in that same situation. That's like too much for me. Was there a switch? Was there a conversation that like, what was it that made you say, no, I'm going to deal with this, not only deal with this, but help others. Yeah. Tell us more about that. And what made you really step out of that comfort zone? I would love to say that I started out with this grand vision and that's how everything progressed. Dude, I'll be honest, it was very selfish because of the loneliness and the pain and everything that was going on, you know, and I grew up with asking questions or making mistakes. That was a sign of weakness. So you had to have all the answers. You couldn't ever do anything wrong. No wonder I played small, but from playing small and feeling insecure, lacking that self-confidence. I still had that pain. I'm like, I'm seeing other people that are successful in life and why can I not experience it? What's wrong with me that I'm not worthy of that? And it got to the point, John, where I was like, something's got to change. I cannot continue doing this. And from that place, I actually started asking a couple guys that I worked with. I was like, what do you do different? You know, like, why are you doing this with your family? Why are you doing this at work? And so it started out very uncomfortable, but it was from a, a super painful place. And it was one of those that it was very self-focused. I wanted something different. And as it went along in the years, you know, I mean, there was a lot of introspective work. There was a lot of rebuilding trust and, you know, just relationship, like a healthy relationship with my family. Because I had manipulated them, they knew how to behave depending upon, you know, if dad was DEFCON 5, you're walking on eggshells for three days until something else goes goes yeah. off and triggers dad. You know, I mean, it wasn't a good time. It wasn't a good place. But they had to actually see, hey, yeah, dad's dad's becoming healthy. This isn't just him trying to manipulate us and fool us again. This isn't like a mountaintop experience for him. You know, once things started to transform for my family, I still needed to work through the messages and the self-limiting beliefs that I had because John, it was one of those of in my head, I'm going, everybody knows me for who I am. Everybody 
is just going to look at me and laugh. And it was those self-limiting things, you know, just as much as like, you know, if I'm a realtor, oh, people know I'm not good at this. They know me from my experience here. And those things that caused me to play small that would cause me to not go and take a chance and reach out to those, you know, a buyer or a seller, right? Because I'm I'm my own worst enemy. I'm having those conversations that are limiting me before I've even said hello. <laughs> so, you know, I just, I needed to work through those things. And the other thing was then when it became a realization that it's like, yeah, I do have stuff to offer. I do have worth and value that other people can see and that can make a change. You know, that legacy, the heritage that, that I can leave can not just be for my family, but for others as well. I then wanted to approach my family to make sure that in the process of all this, I'm not putting them in an uncomfortable place, you know, because is it, is it okay for me to share what's gone on? Because it wasn't like, Hey, we're Brady Bunch. It was like, Oh my gosh, you're totally dysfunctional. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's like, is it okay to share this stuff? And it was. And so once everybody was on board, I'm like, okay, this is, this is bigger than my discomfort. This is bigger than else. And, um, that was how really things progressed. And now it's just a mission to say, like, let's not make a change just for the fathers, but let's make a change for the marriages and the relationships with the children. Because it's like, when you and I are in a good place as husbands, our wives will then take chances and live a fuller life. And our children mm -hmm. will then say like, okay, hey, it's it's okay to mess up. They don't have to live a perfect life. So yeah. um, mm -hmm. that's kind of all how that came about, man. That's awesome, man. So I'd love to hear, like, how did, if you can kind of in a couple minutes tell us, like, how in the world did the change happen? I mean, like, I'm assuming this isn't like a Paul, right? One day you're persecuting Christians, the next day you're like, oh, hey, I'm your friend now. Like, what was it like with your family, right? Like, one day you're, you know, you're saying you're hulking out, mm -hmm. right? DEFCON 5, you said, like, one day you're doing that, and then the next what was it? What started to transform? Did it take a while for them to really believe this was the new you? Like what, what was it? Yeah, dude, I was not like Paul. I was like a boat anchor. <laughs> <I'll be honest. laughs> I, I went kicking and screaming. I'm like, okay, I don't want to be like a weak man. Nobody wants to be weak, you know, a man or a woman. And it was like, okay, now I'm calling into question my ability, my identity, my you know, just everything about me. It was just total counter cultural, I guess you could say, as far as what I had grown up in. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it had just gotten to the point where it's like, it wasn't as if life was amazing mm -hmm. and just everybody else saw the truth of it. You know, it wasn't the emperor's new clothes. Like I <laughs> knew that I was in a place to pain. I, I could see that I was, I was without external garments, so to speak. <laughs> right. Um, you know, that I was wearing rags. So it just became one of those that it was the pain, just like so many other things when it's like, we're going to do something uncomfortable. The pain of where we're at is greater than the action that needs to be taken to move out of that place. And so asking a question was less painful, you know, asking for help was less painful than it was saying, you know, I'm going to have to go through this every day. This is Groundhog Day in real life. And 
it wasn't as though it changed overnight. It took quite a while. You know, like I said, I, mm-hmm. I had to gain the trust back from my family. It's not like you can force anybody to do anything, right? Yep. The only thing that we can control is us. Yeah. And so there was no controlling how fast, you know, my children trusted me or anything like that. And I grew up with a mother who was very manipulative. So guess what behavior I learned? Yeah. How to manipulate. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, like I said, it took time. And just as we train our children to behave a certain way, mm-hmm. there was time that it took to train them to expect me to be a different person than who I was. They had learned to expect me to be and how to behave based on things that were going on. So, yeah, it took quite a bit of time. It was uncomfortable. It wasn't as though it was like I never had a problem again. I mean, I'm struggling with myself to change my pattern. Mm-hmm. And that's playing into whether the kids can trust me or not. My wife can see stuff, but the kids are are not at that same level. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're not quite as discerning or maybe as insightful at that point at that age. And so it took some time just to make those transitions. But uh yeah. dude, I wouldn't ever go back. Oh my gosh. The work has definitely been worth it. And like you and I have talked about before. I'm 51. This is the most exciting my life has ever been. And I'm more mm-hmm. excited about going into continuing on. Whereas a lot of people are just like, oh, I'm going to retire. I'm going to fade away. It's like, no. Yeah. You're just getting started. You're just getting started. It's almost feel, feel yeah. like, yeah, I love all of this, but I think one thing that really sticks out to me, you even saying just in terms of real estate, right? Like, you know, knowing that you have, work right like knowing have value have worth i think it's so interesting because i was just talking to a realtor that i was coaching today and they were doubting their abilities right and they're like no i'm and i said you have to be confident in yourself right and there's a fine line right i i i'm on this line all the time right with social media and the stuff i do there's a very fine line between cocky and confident But I love what you're saying, because if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe in your skills as a realtor, like you were saying, and if you're not sticking up for yourself and advocating for yourself to your potential clients, why would they believe you? Why would they want to trust you to sell their home? You know, I said earlier, we talked on your podcast, like there's 1400 realtors in Lancaster County. Right. So I could be like, oh, well, yeah, you can list with anyone. No, I've got to like fight for it. I've got to be a bulldog and like go earn their trust in their business. So I think that's so cool that you say that because I don't want realtors to miss what you said there that like they have to believe in themselves. And, you know, I think what's really cool about your journey is you realized there was a problem and you didn't say, no, no, it's my wife. No, it's my kids. Like they're all the problem. You had to be willing to look at yourself in the mirror and say, wow, I've got stuff I need to work on, right? And I think that's someone, that's a wise person that looks at that stuff, takes feedback, right? You know, either like from others or even like what the Holy Spirit or whatever like reveals and saying like, I got to do something about this. I got to do something about this. 
well, let's be honest and open about the whole thing of taking feedback and seeing who's who's at okay. fault. Okay. At that time, John, remember I said I was Eeyore. Woe is me. I'm a victim. Oh, and so yeah. it was never my fault. So okay. it was always, you know, my wife is against me. She doesn't support me. The kids mm-hmm. won't listen because they're rebellious. Work won't promote me because they've got it out for me. It was always somebody else's fault. But what I began to discover was, okay, Mike, if you're the one that's in charge and you're able to control things, why are you not where you want to be? That was one of the questions that then began that shift of like, I need to ask some questions because if I am in charge, I'm running the boat over the waterfall. (laughs) This is not a good idea. And so I was not always at that place of being able to say, Hey, where's my responsibility? I was deflecting it and putting it on others so Mm -hmm. that I wasn't at fault or weak or any other negative adjective that you want to throw in there. I wanted to see myself as strong. And if it was my fault, I was responsible. That's not a place of strength. So that was where I was. That's not where I'm at now. But in transparency, that was what I had to face and work through to get to where I'm at. I love that man take responsibility because it's for all of it. Right. And that's one of the cool things in real estate. One of the hardest things and the coolest things all at the same time. Right. If you're doing well now, again, for me, the faith piece is huge and God has blessed my business. But but if a realtor is doing well, they've worked hard for it. If they're not doing well, they've got to take responsibility and say, "Okay, what am I not doing right? Am I not interacting with clients? Well, am I not? again, being confident enough that they believe in me and and want to list their home or whatever. Yeah, so so much good stuff here that can relate to realtors. And I, I love how you talked about how you ask people at work. Again, asking for feedback, I think, is huge. You know, I've had clients that did not buy a home with me, did not sell a home with me. And I just asked, you know, I had one, the luxury listing that I had that I've told you about, that was huge for my business that, you know, the spring and summer, I said, why did you list with me? Right? Because, and I even shared this on the podcast, there was so much imposter syndrome. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I had to rent a BMW to drive to their house instead of my beat up Chevy crew, like so silly. And then, you know, they're like, we liked you, Right. They said, we had a real estate broker who lives next door to us. Instead, we hired you driving from Lancaster an hour. You were referred highly from Melissa Bloom, who we both know from TLF, who's amazing, right? But, you know, they trusted and hired me. And so I think it's big. And I love that you asked for that feedback because that can hurt, man. Like, I bet some people told you like, dude, you're a jerk or whatever, like whatever it was. And you kind of had to be like, well, I either argue with them and say, no, I'm not. Or you owned it and said, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do something about that. And so I think that's huge for realtors too. Like, are you going to take feedback? Are you going to apply it? Again, in your business, but even in your personal life, are you going to listen to what your wife or kids or family members say about you? Yeah. And I think you touched on a part in there that it's like we are unique, right? So 
you and I could both be realtors, go to somebody like this client. They chose you. That doesn't mean necessarily that I'm not a good realtor. It means I'm not a fit for them. Bingo. So you and I could go to another couple, right? Or another person and be like, hey, we want to be a realtor. And they choose me. That's not necessarily a reflection on whether we're a realtor or not, or a good realtor. It just means that, hey, we vibe differently. My unique gifts were a better fit for them. Your unique gifts were a better fit for the other people. You know, it's like the the whole thing with feedback. Yes, that's important because we want to know where our strengths, where our weaknesses, because just like we're uniquely gifted, you could be totally strong in relationships and I'm better at the data, right? So mm-hmm. I can look at comps and do the comps mm-hmm. faster or in a different manner or something, yeah. you know? So, you know, it's, it's understanding where am I not as strong? How do I build around my weaknesses? You know, how do I bolster them? Do I build my team there? Or is this something that I just understand is going to take me a little bit longer? But just because somebody doesn't pick me as a realtor doesn't mean I'm not a good realtor. But taking the the additional accountability like you're talking about is fantastic because then you can understand how other people are perceiving you and just get that depth of of understanding and knowledge that you may not have now but don't doubt yourself in who you are because you're not chosen oh, man that that's gold be- and i and i love that you said that because i think too right what's the phrase that goes around and it's a little cheesy but i think it 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 makes you know what do they say no is just next opportunity and i do think in real estate you got to be able to right we're we're salespeople and so in a way you have to be good at taking a no and just realizing like you're not going to get every sale, right? There's there's hundreds of houses listed in Lancaster, Pennsylvania every day. I don't want all of them, right? I want the ones that are the best fit for me, right? You know, I work with a good amount of first-time home buyers, but anytime I work with someone, I create a relationship with them. Like I want to have fun. I want to laugh. If you're like a mean and nasty person who's just going to yell at all the time, I probably don't want that listing, right? And maybe that works for you. And I've said this before to my community and on the show, there's a realtor in the area, huge realtor, right? Barbara from Shark Tank is on like commercials with them. Now, of course, that's a paid advertising. But when I got into the business, long story short, they had listed a house next door to mine. And I was like, oh, I lost out on an opportunity. And I was like depressed about it, right? Mm -hmm. I had no clients at the time. But I asked the owner later, I said, what was the experience working with them? Because they were like, oh, you know, we we went to college with them 30 years ago. We're going to list with them. And so I asked the owner of the home, you know, they didn't hire me. Um, I said, well, what was the experience like? And they said, if I would have known, John, that I would not see that realtor except at the initial meeting, I would have never hired him. And so that gave me all the ammunition I needed in that moment to say, I don't need to compete with that realtor. I can't, right? He and his company, they're huge. They've got 40, 30, whatever, you know, 40, 50 agents. I can't compete with that. And I can't compete with like a $3 postcard, a color postcard to every home in the neighborhood every time a home sells. But what I learned in that moment from my neighbor was I don't need to compete with that. What I offer is something different. If you want to be on a conveyor belt, 
that's fine. It's not bad. I'm not criticizing what they do. That's great. But if you want a different realtor, someone who's going to have a personal relationship, we're going to, you know, we're going to become friends through the process normally, um, close friends. If you want someone that's going to be there from the start to the end, I'm the realtor for you. And so I think it just goes back to what you're saying. It's not a reflection of you if you miss a deal. That probably means that's just not the realtor for them. Some people love listing with this agent. He's a great agent. It's just a different system and how it works, right? And so I think that's a lesson for all of us. Like, And that's why even I get so passionate about social media. But you don't have to do it my way, right? There's different ways to skin a cat. And so I love what you're saying. I think a lot of it is just so helpful for realtors. And that's why I love doing these, man, because I can have realtors on here all day. A lot of realtors haven't been through what you've been through. And, you know, I'm so glad, you know, not glad that you had to go through it, but glad the lessons you've learned. So proud of you for how you share this stuff with people, man, because it's so impactful. We've both had like depression and all these, you know, all this hor- these horrible thoughts in our heads and our background. And I think it's important to tell people you're not mm-hmm. defined by that. You can overcome that. You've got to work hard at it. Right. And so I love what you're doing. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Just like you had talked about being defined. I mean, yeah. I think that's so important because if we had taken a snapshot of who I was as a child, as the teens, 20s, even into my 30s, John, I would never have been seen as like, yeah, the recovered healthy dad with the relationships. I mean, dude, when we got married, there were people that were taking bets on how long before we would be divorced at my wedding, Mm -hmm. John. So that gives you an idea of where I was at. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's one of those to keep in mind yeah, you may be struggling right now with the amount of sales, the volumes closing. Mm. What's gone on and what's going on is not indicative. It doesn't determine what's going to go on tomorrow in six months, in two years. Mm. But it's a matter of just persisting and looking at what am I doing right? Who am I? What do I uniquely offer? And who do I attract? Like understanding who do you work the best with you know if you're looking at me as a seller or a buyer and it's like how can we mold mike into my ideal (laughs) you know buyer or seller that i'm working with figure that out and then determine what is it that mike is looking for in an agent to Mm -hmm. make this smooth to make this something that i'm going to be your biggest cheerleader you know because that's i mean referrals referrals are that kind of business where it's like you don't have to pay for it in finances right you're paying for it in the sweat mm-hmm. equity that you're already putting yeah. out in and that you're investing so it's like you might as well create those referrals those people that are like the super fans you know that that they're applauding you to all their friends and going to the to the ends of the earth mm-hmm. you know sharing what you've done for them And, you know, you work hard enough, you get that. And it's almost like a snowball, right? And it doesn't mean that everybody's going to say yes, you know, because if I say yes to you, I could be a nightmare customer, you know? So it's like, just look at it and go, well, okay, what's next? I love what you're saying. And I love, I mean, you, you talk about this on your show, right? You speak to your avatar 
And I think for all of us, I, I had an episode about like define your avatar. And I think, um, you know, John Lee Dumas has a great book and, and a great section talking about like finding your avatar, but determining who is your avatar. And sometimes right in, in, in what we do, like my avatar for a real estate client is a little different. It's not the same person that's an avatar for my membership community to coach and help realtors. Right. But even, mm-hmm. even as I'm growing and working on the community, I have realtors that are interested that I'm like, mm, you're not a fit, right? You're not. It's not just about getting everybody in the door. It's not. It's it's about who's going to be a good fit, who's going to really work well with the other people here. But I, I love all of this, you know, and I do think having your avatar in real estate is huge. If you don't, guys, you need to know who it is. You need to know who your ideal client is. So, Mike, thanks. Dude, again, cool stuff. Before we close out, I love to ask uh, a couple questions. So there's a realtor out there listening to this. Maybe they've never even heard a man talk about or anyone talk about trauma and self-doubt and all these different things. So what would be a piece of advice you would give to a realtor out there? You know, we've been talking about it here on the show and in the community. The market's starting to shift, right? It's not going to be you get 40 offers on each home and it's gone in 24 hours, right? It's It might be a couple of weeks on the market. So, you know, I can imagine realtors listening to this are like, well, now I have this self-doubt. Maybe I'm not a good realtor because the house is sitting on the market. What is? What do I do? So what would be, there's a realtor in front of you, right? Well, there is, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a real, <laughs> there's a realtor listening to this in front of you. What would be one piece of advice you would give them? I would say it's exactly what you're creating in your community and that's or your mastermind, right? Is to have community because, man, if you're going even through the best of times, there's going to be those no's. There's going to be those days you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. You didn't get enough sleep. Whatever the case may be, there's those hurdles that you and I are going to face and having a community helps to keep us stronger to keep our focus in a lifted up way, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like if you've seen that video, there's two young guys that were playing basketball and one of the guys is looking down and another teammate comes by and lifts up his chin. And it's like, man, I don't know about you, but I need other people around me that when I'm doubting or I'm just not functioning on my A game, right? We, Mm -hmm. We can all be off. Is I need somebody that's going to be able to look and go, Mike, that's not the real you. What's going on to encourage me to also, we talked about, you know, like strengths and weaknesses, man, in a community, you're strengthening yourself just by the fact that John, you and I are realtors. You know, if we go back to the whole thing of relationships Mm -hmm. and I go, John, you know, I'm struggling in the relationships. Would you mind helping me? Man, that's that's something where it's like just being grown. Let's say that you're better at understanding rates, right? And I don't mm-hmm. necessarily understand the rates in the at the degree that you do. Well, then you can help me and go, hey, Mike, you might want to keep this on your radar. Having community and relationships around us that can encourage us, but also enlighten us is absolutely foundational and pivotal, not just in business, but in personal life. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I would say is get in community. Yeah. Just 
get genuine people around you, people that are going in the same direction that you want to be, that will be real and honest with you, just like you'll be with them. I love it, man. I appreciate it. You're right. Have community. And I love that what you said there at the end, going the same direction, because you don't want the community to be people that are like dragging you down, (laughs) right? The community really needs to be people that are cheering for you and you're cheering for them. So I think, I don't even know if you meant that, but like, I I think going the same direction, I think that's huge, right? I think one of the reasons why Total Life Freedom and Inspire, like I ran an office in in Lancaster and at Inspire and there's a mastermind there. But one of the reasons those two communities are so huge for me is they're all trying to grow. They're all trying to develop. And so if I get on, you know, a TLF call and everybody's like, well, yeah, I'm not really trying to do anything. I'm not trying to grow or learn. I'm sort of like, what are you what are you talking about? Like, well, why am I here? Right. And so I think it's get not just community. I think it's the right community, the right people, the people cheering for you and vice versa. So um, good stuff, man. You think about it, John. Like if if we're in a group of realtors that are trash talking the buyers or sellers, you know, the clients. Yeah. What kind of of mindset, what kind of, you know, like vibe are we going to give off? And so if if I'm around other like Eeyore kind of realtors, mm-hmm. I'm going to to come out at that level, even if I'm positive. We're gonna we're gonna get to that natural state. So yeah, it's that's exactly what I'm talking about. So the difference is being around the type of realtor that you would want as your realtor. Oh man, every statement ends with like these mic drops. I don't even get time to write them down. <laughs> good thing you have the recording <laughs> i do oh my gosh that was so good yeah okay so one more and then we'll kind of close out we want to hear where we can find you and connect with you so take me back to one of the places where you're at maybe a dark place maybe with your family maybe as a kid you're sitting there younger you is across the table from you what's one piece of advice you would give him good question I would say, be careful who you listen to just because somebody has Mm -hmm. something to share doesn't mean it's an accurate opinion, nor is it true. You know, this goes back to the whole thing with community and being around people that are in a similar place to where you are or want to be is that, you know, there were people that at that point in my life were saying stuff that wasn't true, but it formed my perspective of who I was. And so I, lived that out i fulfilled that and so my my encouragement would be who's speaking to you and do they deserve that honor consider what's being said and is it is that something you want to be true about you and if it's not then you can just excuse them from being in that kind of position of power good stuff man good stuff thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for your time it's been a pleasure seriously very thankful for you and everything that you're doing to help men kind of overcome fear, anxiety, depression. You're doing really cool stuff. And I'm so proud of you, man. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. It's an honor to be here because I mean, let's be honest, realtors live their life at the whim of others. And so it's (laughs) like, you got to have fun and you got to be solid in who you are. So thank you to you and the realtors that are listening for the sacrifices that you make and making it possible for us to buy our dream home. Appreciate it, man. So where can people connect with you? The podcast, right? And just connect with you in general. Where can we find you? Yeah, the best place to 
get in touch with me, you'll find all the social media links. You'll find the podcast is at highcoachmike.com. So H-I-C-O-A-C-H-M-I-K-E.com. And uh, yeah, from there, you can leap to anywhere you want, whatever fits best for your uh, social media or communication, whatever you want. I appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. Highcoachmike.com. Check out the podcast, the Living Fearless Today podcast. Mike, I told you this offline, but I will share for my audience as well. I've known Vincent for years and I've heard dozens, is it hundreds? I don't know. Dozens of interviews that he's done. You interviewed him a few weeks ago on your podcast and it was the best interview I've ever heard with him because the questions you ask are amazing. So I think everybody out there listening can learn a bunch from you. Again, your story and what you're doing, but even the way you ask questions, I think is really probably something you might not even notice, but it was really cool. I've listened to some other interviews you've done and, and your episodes, and I'm just really impressed at the way you have conversations with people. And I think even if that's the takeaway for people, like just listen to him and ask better questions, I think that's a win. So thanks for what you're doing. Uh, your show is amazing and uh, just really proud of you. Thanks for being here today. And thanks for sharing your time with us. Uh, my pleasure, my friend. And thank you for having me on. I mean, you're you're crushing it. And uh, I hope that people pull from your story and look and gain encouragement because it's it's not always been that boom, boom, boom. The success is there, yeah. but uh, it's a matter of persevering. So dude, thanks for sticking in there and uh, being where you're at now, my friend. Thank you so much, bro. We will talk soon. Check him out. Highcoachmike.com, Living Fearless Today podcast. And uh, thank you guys for listening. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Mike Forrester. Man, I loved so much of what he said in this interview. And Mike has been a huge encourager to me in my business and really getting to know him more and more these past few months has been a real joy and honor. So thank you so much, Mike. Thanks so much for what you shared on today's episode. A few of my highlights as we close out, I like how he just talked about his journey and and what he's been through, basically all the struggles he went through, you know, not being a great dad, husband, et cetera, kind of being a chameleon and just, uh, you know, being like the people he was around instead of really living what he was supposed to do, you know, living as a leader and being someone who was a leader and was helping others. And so, so much cool stuff. One of my huge takeaways, and I mentioned this on the episode, was how when he knew it was time to change, he stopped playing small and asked people, you know, and then again, not only asked them for advice, but took that advice started rebuilding that trust, started becoming healthy, started working through the doubt, started you know, reminding himself that he had value, he had worth. Lots of good stuff there. I also think it was really cool how, you know, we were talking about if somebody doesn't hire you and those kinds of things, that it's not always a reflection on you. I think this point is so big and we missed it. That's why I guess it really stood out to me because so often... I really can take things personally in my real estate business. Like, oh, if someone doesn't hire me, it's my fault. I did something wrong. And so I think just acknowledging that that's not always a reflection on you is really huge. I I love everything he was saying about mindset and shifting it. You know, he talked about how what has always gone on does not dictate what will happen. And 
talking about like who do I attract, who do I detract? I think this is all huge in our personal lives, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and also in our businesses, in our real estate business, knowing and speaking truth to yourself that, okay, just because I made a mistake here or failed or whatever, doesn't mean it's always going to happen. And thinking about who you attract. Last one, as we close out, I really loved, you know, his takeaways in terms of having community and be careful who you listen to. Isn't that, wasn't that a great point? Be careful who you listen to. I think we often, you know, especially in the technology age with Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and reels and TikTok videos and all that, right? I'm all about social media. You guys know that, but I, I think it all comes right at a price and you have to be very careful on like what you're watching, what you're allowing in and being careful who it is you are listening to and be careful of who are you letting, you know, speak into your life. So lots of cool takeaways. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I think he has so much wisdom and so much good stuff. It's just so many great lessons to apply to our lives and to our businesses Make sure you check him out. Make sure you check out you know, all the links in the show notes. I'll leave them there to check him out. But make sure you check out website, Hi Coach Mike. And then make sure you check out the podcast, the Living Fearless Today podcast. Again, I said it on there, not just to toot his horn, but seriously, one of the best podcasts. He does amazing interviews. So I hope you guys check it out and enjoy it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and for being with us today for the interview. And we will see you guys on our next episode. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much. And we will see you on the next episode.